This presentation is from Design Leadership 2020. Our uh, next speakers um, and uh, our, our pre-lunch uh, speakers are Keegan and Sarah. Um, Keegan is a team performance uh, facilitator and coach. Sarah is the head of design um, at Domain, uh, starting any day now. Have you, uh, when, she, when she dials in, Hello. Hello. Have you started? I, I start on Monday. Wonderful. So I've got all these amazing tips to take to a new job. Fantastic. <laughs> a well, fresh thank start. You both. Thank you yes. both for joining us and I'll hand over to you. I can see your slides and I can hear you, Sarah. Keegan, if you want to say Hi, something, Steve. I can hear you as well. Excellent. Wonderful. Enjoy. Thank you. Thanks very much, Steve. So um, just before we start, um, Keegan and I, as you can see, we're not in the same room. So if you see me looking meaningfully at the camera, it's because I want Keegan to change slides. Um, and I think also just to note that you'll notice a few themes coming through from all of the things that we've learned this morning. So it's a game of spot the theme as well. So today we're going to talk about leading a feedback culture in design teams. Um, and this is a really key thing. So, you know that saying, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. Well, feedback is broken and it needs fixing. In a recent Gallup survey, only 26% of those surveyed said that feedback improved their performance. Uh, as individuals, design teams, people delivering products, we need, to, we need the feedback to thrive. We need feedback to learn and develop. So what can we do about it? Because we need to do better. But first of all, I'm going to hand over to Keegan to define feedback. Thanks, Sarah. And perhaps even more importantly than that, we're going to ask you to define feedback. We're going to try and make this as conversational as we can and try and see what you think of feedback. So if you can, on this device or on another device, uh, jump onto menti.com use that code 72617 and then we will see what the people in this conversation think that feedback is and as we'll discuss what you think feedback is is going to make a big difference to how you use it and how it can be beneficial and uh, help your teams so here's hoping are we here's allowed hoping. to take part as well keegan i'm sure we can Ah, excellent. I'm so pleased to see that first response. <laughs> well, firstly, because it's a response and you know, you never know if it's going to work until the first one's done. So feedback is an invitation. That's a lovely definition. Let's see what other people are thinking. Collaboration, reaction, like a sandwich layered, giving and receiving. Relationship, critical, positive, negative, opinions. An opinion, feedback's an opinion. It's a loop. I love some of these. Building on current ideas. I may not see everyone's as, as more and more come in, so I apologise if I don't see your particular one. Anything that allows you to gain an insight and adjust course. Sounds very similar to the one that we'll be using. Honesty. Specific measurable goals. Criticism. A challenge. Honest. The unbiased response. And so thought provocation. These are critique and improvement. Some really interesting uh, responses. And I think you can also see there's some themes in terms of spot the theme. I thought, as you mentioned that, Sarah, I thought 
it's probably a pretty good crowd for theme spotting, I'd imagine. Yes, um, that's true. <laughs> uh, so there'll be some themes, and you'll also notice some of the diversity, which is reflective of a lot of that sort of stuff. So um, thought provocation, items you can action, um, unbiased response, really interesting to think about whether feedback is always unbiased. Uh, feedback is mixed. You define feedback as mixed. So there's lots of different responses coming through there. We've had about 40 different ones there. And so return of energy back to a person, fantastic stuff there. And, and we could spend probably the whole time trying to define what it is. Critique is one of the ones that I'm seeing pop up there. And I think that it's important for, for a couple of things. So firstly, for you to appreciate how you define feedback. Um, that's going to uh, influence the way that you use feedback and also the way that we are using feedback. And so let me just, this is my first test. Now uh, we're back. And this is the definition that we are using. We are using feedback as information that helps to improve performance. That was similar to some of the definitions that you have. It was different to some of the different definitions that you have. All of that's fine, but for the purposes of today's conversation, this is how we're using it. And this is different to simply limiting it to verbal feedback, to uh, critique, to telling people when they're wrong or something like that. It's a different way to use it. And it also means that if in this context, feedback is all of the time, right? So we're receiving feedback from lots of sources all of the time. I'll often speak to leaders and say, um, when you, you know, remember when we went, went to the office, those, those days when we went to the office, the people that looked at you and said, hello, that was feedback or didn't look at you and avoided eye contact and didn't say hello, it's feedback. It's all information that helps improve what you're trying to achieve. And so um, that's the, the frame that we're putting around feedback and we'll keep coming back to that throughout the conversation. I think it's also worth noting that um, positive feedback also helps improve performance because you keep doing what works. So yes. it's not just negative, Nancy. Yeah, sort of in, in broad terms, it's, you know, feed, you know, improving performance is what's working well and let's do more of it. And what's not working, let's do something different. Oh, this is me. I, I was sort of waiting for you. So. Oh, sorry. No, it is you. Just some good feedback. Uh, so <laughs> as some context around Sarah and I, why we are here speaking with you, uh, this is us graduating from our Masters of Business Coaching uh, about 18 months ago, University of Wollongong. Uh, we spent three years exploring coaching, um, what it is, what it means and how it can be applied. And there's lots that we have learnt from that. And one of the things I guess that we learned is that the diverse applications of coaching. So coaching is, you can define coaching as uh, assisted self-reflection. So a way of helping um, either individuals or groups or teams reflect for themselves. And so lots of use of questions and all that sort of thing. Feedback's a huge part of that. But what strikes me is the, the way that coaching gets applied. Um, people use it in sales roles. They use it in external coaches. They use it as internal coaches. They use it in leadership roles. Um, and what I've noticed myself doing is using these principles in all aspects of my life. I use it um, as a parent, as a husband, and as a mate. I'm, I'm, I'm noticing those sorts of reflections. And um, I think that's kind of an interesting way to, to consider how coaching is applicable. Yeah, and I guess, like you say, it's made me a um, probably a better parent because, you know, 
sitting down and listening to your child rather than um, judging them or telling them off. Anyway, so based on the um, research into the subject of feedback in design teams, this is the question that we came up to answer today. How can feedback, applying coaching principles, improve design teaming? So I'm not sure whether teaming is a word, but we believe that being a team should be a verb because teams need to do stuff together. They need to work together. And te teaming encapsulates all those things that teams should be doing well to improve their performance and how they enjoy being together. Teaming and definitely is a word. Amy Edmondson has a book called Teaming. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Someone else just said the, the one before Fearless Organization was okay so. okay that's worth knowing and i guess um we've only got you know less than 45 minutes to cover this subject but you could do a phd on this and there were loads of rabbit holes we could go down so if you see us missing a rabbit hole it's because we had to stay focused so i guess um keegan and i with our different backgrounds um bring various aspects to this conversation i've got over 20 years experience in design human-centered design digital design um i've been a leader of designers for many years i've worked in design teams and then more recently in the past few years bringing the coaching to that and you know starting that new role as head of design at domain on monday you know it's a big it's a big time <laughs> And my perspective in the, what I bring to this is that I run a practice that is solely around helping leaders, teams and organisations take a deliberate approach to team performance. So a lot about that teaming that Sarah's talking about. Um, so moving away from this sense that, you know, throwing hard working, talented people together is going to be enough to create something great. Um, that there's some approaches that we can take that will work, uh, that will help us to do better work together. Um, and so my experience is across sectors. So uh, I, I have uh, clients in construction, in financial services, in government, in non-government, um, all different range. And I've got a sporting background as well myself. And so I've been able to look at teams in different settings. And so I think I can bring what works across teams and the role of feedback in teams and how important that is. And then we combine, as we've already touched on, how coaching has influenced both of these aspects and, and particularly that intersection between designs and teams, design and teams. So Keegan and I have got very differing um, relationships with feedback. I'm probably more on the stoic from side, which is that which does not kill us serves to make us stronger. Whereas Keegan's the kind of person that eats feedback for breakfast and is a champion about it um and so i guess partly that's why we chose this subject is it's something that's really important but for many of us we find there's you know the level of discomfort about it and based on the, your various definitions of feedback it's kind of interesting to think back to your experience of the uh, feedback so i'd like you to maybe do a bit of a thought experiment and think back over time perhaps early on in your career what experiences stick out for you um, with giving or receiving feedback. And while you're thinking that through, um, I'm gonna share some of my experiences. So I was actually remembering one this morning of when I got laughed at because I created an animated GIF for Saturday Night Fever, the musical, and the people I was showing it to thought it looked a bit obscene. So that was really embarrassing and shocking. I've had people tell me my design was um, 
done. And uh, another one saying, um, I hate that design. So those, those ones that stick out are the ones where you're in a room on your own, you don't know how to come back to those things because the feedback wasn't constructive or it was just, you know, it was an emotional moment. Then I think kind of fast forwarding a bit about a time when as a leader, I came back from leave and I was expecting my team to have delivered various outputs at the end of a fairly long project. And when they showed me what they'd done, it was clearly not in the place it needed to be. And so rather than giving them feedback in the traditional, I give you something, you go away and do something, I maybe I was relaxed and I was feeling open-minded after the holiday. I sat down with them and asked them how they were feeling about where everything was at. And from that point, we were able to have a dialogue about what they felt needed to happen. They were uncomfortable too. Building on their strengths as a team, we were able to get ourselves out of a sticky situation. And it was the difference between people going home crying and people going home with a plan. And so that's really where feedback should be. Yeah, I love, um, Sarah shared that story with me before, and I love how, Sarah, you, it was sort of what we were talking about before, applying those principles of coaching um, to bring to the surface the information that was useful there. It was already there. You didn't need, you know, the option to tell them um, what you thought was wrong or how they could respond better was there and available to you. And But the, the idea of asking questions, and I think it's a really interesting idea for, for leaders to consider, well, how might we ask, use questions to, to elicit feedback rather than just deliver it? Um, so what, what we have been asking you over on Menti uh, is this thinking about your uh, memories of feedback, how would you categorize most of your feedback memories? And we've got a few responses there already. Um, and this has been an interesting experience to, to watch these bars grow or not. Oh, have I shared? You, you've I've, gone back to I've the thing. Back. Okay, there we go. I'll, let's watch this for a little bit longer. We had 40 respondents to the to the original one, so we'll see if we can get around there. I think it's interesting because I've made the assumption that people have got bad memories of feedback, but maybe that's just me. Yeah, and I think this is going to be um, part of the thing that we talk about. That um, from what I can see, I'll have to just peer over my monitor here very briefly. Um, most people are looking at. Uh, or about half, just over half are saying it's a good, and they they categorise their experiences as good. Um, about a third um, saying not so good, and the rest indifferent in the middle there, which is fascinating. Um, and again, I think this is a, an interesting point to know for yourself. To know for yourself what's your relationship with feedback. Sarah said I have um, a more positive relationship. I'm not quite there. I'm working on being a bit more zen with feedback and just accepting it for what it is and being able to use it as information. But I still find myself getting very defensive around feedback uh, a lot of the time. So, um, and that tends to be one of the the real limiters for feedback. So. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, beautifully, 55, 25, 20 around the, the three. And so um, just over half of us think that uh, our experience and memories of feedback are positive. 
which is very different to most of the conversations that I have. And let me, um, let me use a story to illustrate that. And let me just make sure I get us back to this. And here's my belief that feedback has a real brand problem. As someone like me who loves feedback and the idea of feedback and knows how important it is intellectually to share feedback, there's a risk that I run. And if you're in that 55% or a little bit over 55%, I think it was in the end, that think that you have positive uh, connotations of feedback, this might be really useful for you to know. So I was staying at a hotel in Melbourne a few years ago and I was checking out and I said to the person behind the desk, you look like you're in charge. Can I give you some feedback? And so what she did, she stepped out from out from behind the desk and she put her hands behind her back and perhaps summoning Bruce Lee, thinking about being water or something like that. She was sort of <laughs> creating this position as if she was about to be a martial artist punched in the guts. She was sort of just bracing herself for this information. At which point I said to her, look, when my taxi arrived here, by the time I, I had paid for my taxi, someone had got my luggage out of the boot. By the time I got to reception, someone had, was waiting with my luggage with my, my room keys. And it was just a fantastic start to my stay. And ever since then, the food's been great, your service has been great, the gym, and I just talked about all of the great things that had happened over those three days that I'd stayed with them. But that's not what she had expected. She had heard when I said, can I give you some feedback? Can I tell you what's wrong? Can I tell you how you, how you and your team have made mistakes and stuffed up? And I think this is really interesting and useful for us to know. I'm working on actually not using feedback a lot of the time and using different phrases like saying, hey, can I tell you something that I think might be helpful? Can I share my experience? Can I point out some of the things you did really well here? And those kinds of conversations are really helpful. If you have other people who are open and receptive to feedback, then great, keep using that term, but you might need to rebrand it because some people, when you say to them, hey, can I give you some feedback? Here, let me tell you what you've done wrong. They get defensive and defensiveness makes us not able to listen to the information that we're getting that might help us to improve performance in the future. I even find that saying to somebody in my team, have you got time for a chat, fills them with terror. So, um, and that might even be simply that I want to have a chat and take them for a coffee, but no. <laughs> what do you get for being a tyrant leader, Sarah? I know, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so just talking about the role of feedback in design teams, and if you go to Google, it will pretty much come up with critique or you know presenting at showcases, being that one person in the room showing something for um, you know feedback. And so that's what we think about, but it's a bit more than that. Looking meaningfully, yes, yeah, there you go. Okay, so um, what we do as designers is very visible. And from, you know, from right at the beginning, when we do research, people have an opinion on our sample size or the validity of our findings. Right to the end when we go live, it's very visible again and everyone will have an opinion. I've heard someone say my 17 year old son could have done better, that kind of thing. So, but if you zoom out further, then really the role of feedback um, is so much more in design teams or so much more required around 
the how rather than the what. So it's really important for people in design to be good communicators, um, be aware of the politics, be able to be resilient and tackle challenges, manage stakeholders, navigate the politics of the organisation in order to get the good outcomes. So um, that's what we're really talking about when we talk about feedback in design teams. And it's probably something we don't do enough, which is the behaviour rather than the design prowess. Yeah. And Sarah and I were discussing that this might be a really useful activity and conversation to have with your teams around where feedback might be useful in your teams, where you might be able to apply it. There is the, the obvious or, um, you know, initial response or, okay, it's going to be in, in the critique process. It's going to be when you present your designs to stakeholders, but what else and where else might that be a helpful and useful, um, part of your team performance and what I find with the teams that I work in is that um, the better teams get at feedback the better they get at feedback right so that if you are doing things well in other parts of your um, team's performance you're likely to also have they're probably going to give and receive better feedback in critique through the critique process and vice versa as they get better in the critique process and get used to it they can use it in other aspects as well so it's sort of um, a two-way street there. I think the other thing to think about as well as a, as a leader is potentially if you were to run this anonymously you might find that you have a blind spot about where feedback needs to live and then the other thing is um, if this is where it should be how well are we doing and what do we need to do more of? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And so I should note that we've, we've got a little worksheet, so we're, we're going to share that with people, uh, some of the resources you can, this is one of the three activities we're suggesting you might be able to try with your teams. Okay, so um, thinking about the downsides of poor feedback. So um, as Keegan alluded to earlier, there might arguably there's no such thing as no feedback because if you're not getting any feedback, you're going to notice what's happening around you. So if someone's studiously ignoring you or over effusive you know it's all it's all data that you can take on as feedback but then there's the um you know when you have to give someone some feedback and you're maybe an early leader and you have to be softly softly because you don't want to hurt them that feedback feedback might not be taken on board so it might be confusing so it sounds to me like you're saying something good something bad something good i'm only hearing the good bits and i think that they call that a good bad good sandwich or a shit sandwich and it doesn't work because people only remember the good bits so you need to not be confusing uh, on the other end of the scale is the two direct so um keegan spoke about defensiveness earlier um apparently we go into the flight or fight mode so our amygdala fires and we can't think straight when someone attacks us verbally relating to our feedback so um, if you deliver feedback too directly, it probably won't be received in the way that it needs to be received. You're looking at me meaningfully. And I'm I am looking at you meaningfully. Maybe yeah. I should raise my eyebrows. Okay, so if there's poor or zero feedback in a team, then there's lots of bad things that happen. It's the opposite of collaboration. You get resistance, you get misalignment. People are defensive about what they're doing. People become demotivated, they stop doing their work and they develop a fixed mindset rather than a growth mindset. So strong feedback culture <clears throat> is like a virtuous circle. Um, and before we get into 
what that virtuous circle looks like. Um, here are some things that ways that we can deliver feedback in a way that is a bit more palatable than fight or flight. So delivering feedback in a timely way when it's needed is a really good thing to do. Being honest. So what you're saying is true and it's evidence based. Um, it's unbiased. So as somebody giving the feedback, have a think about what bias city might be bringing to that conversation. It's actionable. So what you deliver, it's easy to understand and act on. It can be done. It's useful. So it makes sense. It builds on what you're doing. And then lots of good stuff happens, um, which is um, if a team is collaborating, there's um, trust starts to form, empathy. If you work together on things and you um, have opportunities to give and receive feedback without using the word feedback, you develop a growth mindset um, and outcomes are aligned. There is a study um, on team creativity that says that if there's an open culture of um, feedback and learning, that teams are more creative. And I think that was something similar to the psychological safety stuff that we heard about. Shopify ran a survey recently to understand what makes teams perform well and build strong relationships and unprompted the key theme that came up was the ability to give and receive feedback. So the ability to give someone ideas or iterate on things and have an open dialogue um, was something that teams really valued, particularly cross-functional teams. Yeah, I think um in terms of themes, and one of the things that keeps on coming up here is that how these are all of these things are interrelated. So, you know, if we just pick a growth mindset, a growth mind helps growth mindset helps a stronger feedback culture, and a stronger feedback culture helps people adopt a growth mindset. Just as an example, you can probably see a lot of those things, and it's um, they they help feed feed into each other. And I think that's one of the the good things about feedback as something to focus on with teams is it's something that when it's going well is indicative that there's a number of other things that are going well. It's not going well in isolation. Mm. Let's jump in and go into our third activity and our third Mentimeter activity. Oh, here we go. And ask you this, ask these, get you to answer these two questions for your teams at the moment. How important is feedback to your team's performance? And how good are you at it? Let's have a look and see where you put yourselves and where the, the group puts themselves. This is, this is an interesting one to watch in real time. And as you're doing that, depending on where you look, there's a sort of a cluster forming up towards the right hand side here. Um, have a think about what you might do depending on which quadrant you land in. So there's no one in the top left yet. Um, but let's assume that, uh, so we'll spend a bit more time on the right hand side. But if, for example, you were, or you start feeling like you're in the top left, so you're good at feedback, but it's not important, I'd be thinking about how you can deploy that capability. There's a whole bunch of other teams that are thinking that this stuff is important and you're good at it. Think about the ways that you might be able to deploy that capability within your team and help to drive performance and have that conversation within your team. If you are top right, which is where a few people are sort of sitting top right, then we're going to be thinking about, well, how do you develop that feedback culture? Because this is not static, right? So if 
just because you've got a good feedback culture today doesn't mean that in six months or 12 months that's going to be the case. If you can understand what you're doing and what are the things that are helping to drive uh, the strong feedback culture and that are help, what are the outcomes of that strong feedback culture, that's going to help you stay in that top right corner. And uh, it's going to also, another tip is to teach it. Teach other teams about this. Try and help others because um, when, one, when one teaches to learn, that whole idea of if you've got team members who are good at this, role modeling it and sharing it within your organization with your stakeholders, they get to understand what the impact it is and not they're experiencing it and understanding it a little bit more. And that's a great way to develop that capability within your teams. And it improves the feedback that your team will get as well. It's another one of these virtuous loops. Uh, if you are bottom left, so there's some people who are bottom left. I think there's one or two people who are bottom left. If that's where you are, and if that's truly where you are, then you don't need to do very much. So if you, you are not very good at something that is not important to you, that's completely fine. And the question is, go, okay, well, if you are the outlier here, well, what, what makes your situation that doesn't mean you're wrong. It's just about understanding why that is the case for you. And if that is going to remain the case for you. And so feedback is hard work and building a feedback culture takes effort. And so, if it's not going to be valuable to you, it makes sense to not invest further time in it. If you are bottom right, um, if you are, this is important to you, but it, it's not where you want it to be, this is an opportunity for you to take a deliberate approach into apply some principles that make this work. It's not going to happen. It's great to get to the point where it's important, um, but you've got to do something about it. It's like me and my health. I know it's important. I should be exercising better and I should be eating better but I'm not, I've got to do something about it. And that's kind of that deliberate approach and, and having a plan. And what we're gonna share with you from here on in, a whole bunch of things that you might be able to do to shift that. This is the third of our exercises that we're gonna recommend that you have with your team. And it'd be a great, you can use something like this or you can do it um, in more analog ways or however you'd like to. But the conversation, these two questions is really helpful to get a sense of, what people think of feedback, how, how they might see the importance of it and how they think it's going well or not within, within your teams. Anything you want to add, Sarah? Nope. Excellent. All right, let's see if I can get it back. All right. Yes. Yes. So when we teach people and when I teach people uh, how, about feedback in their teams, it's a bit different to what a lot of people expect. Most of the time, if you, again, if you look up the way that people talk about feedback and what leaders need to do about feedback is how to give feedback. How do I give better feedback? How do I deliver feedback? You know, we've, um, Sarah's spoken about our, you know, the shit sandwich is not <laughs> recommended, not a recommended. There are a range of different ways that you can give feedback. And yes, that is important. It's definitely an important part of it. But this is the sequence that I teach and I encourage teams to adopt and specifically leaders to adopt in terms of developing a feedback culture. It is first to seek, then receive and earn the right to give. So I'll talk through that. So seeking, what that means, it's actually about asking for feedback. If you think it's important, it's role modeling and demonstrating it. Um, one of the things I like to say to people, it's not very effective to yell at people to relax tends to not work, right? So I've tried it with my daughter, it doesn't work very well. The best way to have someone relax is to be calm. 
If you want people to seek feedback, you need to seek feedback. It's very, very difficult. Um, I, you know, I think we were speaking before, or you know, speakers before have been talking about the, the impact of role modeling. Seeking is one of the great ways to role model feedback. And again, keeping in mind how you might do that, here are some suggestions around that. What are we doing well? Uh, what could we be doing better? Have you got any input for me? How much, how much, what do we spend too much time on? Those kinds of things, rather than saying, has anyone got any feedback at the end of a meeting? And then going, okay, that's not. There's a, there are ways that you can invite feedback that are more, more likely to get the information that is most useful. And then your role modeling part of what's useful, uh, part of what you think is a good way to, to do this. So uh, in our research, um, there was one on the role of feedback orientation, which means um, how much managers valued feedback and those managers who valued feedback for themselves were viewed as better coaches through the employees perceptions. So again, it's that virtual circle and notice how all of these questions are open questions. So have you got any feedback for me doesn't really invite a conversation. Yeah. Excellent. And then, so after you have sought out feedback and you've created ways for people to give you feedback, a great way to shut feedback down would to just be defensive, right? <laughs> like to just defend, just like, no, nah, but no, this is why I did that. And this is like, you know, you've got to receive it in a productive and constructive way as well. And so the key to this, I think, is your relationship with feedback. If you can truly get to the point where you are listening and grateful for the information that helps you to improve performance and you demonstrate that that's what you do then you are again you're you're really walking the talk here you know you're showing people that this is this is what we can do and this is what happens when we share feedback around here we we take it on board we thank people and we go okay so you've sought you've received and then you're in a position where you can give the feedback you are you're you have an opportunity to share the information and to ask those questions that bring the information to light that are useful for people. And so as we were preparing this, we found a quote from Brene Brown and we sort of couldn't have said it better than her. So we're not going to try. <laughs> oh, there was a lag on my clicks. Oh, there you go. There we go. And I think this is so, so true. We don't want to be the leader that sort of says, yeah, like you should do this. I'm not going to, but you should for sure. Mm. It just doesn't work. And particularly feedback when what we want is vulnerability from our, our team members. We want them to feel like they can say, look, struggling with this. I think I could do this better or I think this is great. I want to do more of this. These are, this is stuff that we, we need people to, to come to us and to telling them is one thing, but showing them is, is a far more powerful way to do it. So I found this diagram um, and it's, it was titled Coaching in a Nutshell uh, and it's from the book Tame Your Advice Monster by Michael Bungay-Stanier. And I was looking at it and I was thought, well, actually you could apply this cycle to feedback. We've spoken about asking questions rather than delivering feedback. But before we get into it, just to clarify, when we talk about coaching, we're not talking about mentoring or giving advice or telling. We're talking about asking questions for the purpose of self-reflection. So I'm just gonna go around this cycle and then um, talk about it a bit more. So in a feedback context, ask, ask a question and not a fake question, a real one that you actually want an answer to and shut up. 
No, stop talking, really. And then actually listen to the answer. So no forced listening, no thinking about something else while the other person's talking. And then acknowledge the answer. So not by offering advice, but just by saying, I hear what you're saying. So we can use this coaching approach to giving feedback by starting with a question. And I don't know whether you've ever tried this before. Um, and what kind of questions could you ask? Keegan's given us some already, but um, a bit of advice, and giving advice, uh, would be not to start with why, because why, um, you get a response of defense usually when you say why. You could ask something like, what's the real challenge been for you in this design? Or something like that. Ending the conversation on a, or ending with a question might be a good idea too, because that empowers the listener or the receiver to come up with their own ideas as to what they'll do next. So traditional feedback's generally one directional. And what we're talking about here is coaching approach, which is now and next and building on strengths. Yeah, I think as you're talking about this, uh, you can sort of see how this is, you know, seeking and receiving feedback in a constructive way. It's it's all captured in in this model that you presented there. I think there's some real value in in that, and I love your recommendation uh, around avoiding why. Um, in uh, you know, it's typically a really well intended and. Poor, it has unintended consequences asking why. You can ask it in a really meaningful and positive way, but it gets this sort of defensive response. And I think that's mm. it's really good advice and something that um, lots of people um, aren't always aware of. Um, no. because, yeah. Why is it good at the beginning of the design process, not at the end? <laughs> yeah. So we want to make sure we've got a, a bit of time to, to answer some questions uh, at the end. And so we want to move through with a, a bit of a summary as well as a checklist. And, and again, mention the resources that we've got available for you. Um, so here are the, I guess, the three key points that we we have tried to share with you that feedback is important in all teams. We know that teams across domains in different organizations in different settings all benefit from having a high high performance in terms of their feedback it's just important to every team in design teams there's the opportunity to use feedback beyond just the critique process and for leaders of design teams it starts with you if you're able to shift the way that you turn up and respond receive and deliver feedback that's going to radiate out and i think also when we talk about teams who are strong at this it starts with you if you want to make a design uh, sorry feedback culture beyond you with the with the stakeholders that you have if you continue to demonstrate role models support others to be high and strong with their feedback it ripples out from you um, and all of that can come back to us as the individual leader then the team and beyond So here's some questions for you to take away uh, and think about. Um, so how healthy is your relationship to feedback um, in terms of giving and receiving it? And to what extent are you role modeling for your team or teams? How open are your team to feedback and how can that be improved? And then beyond critique, what will you put in place? So these are things that you can think about. As I mentioned a couple of times, this website, so it's not going to appear in any searches or anything like that. 
Um, we've got a uh, copy of this presentation. We've got the activity sheet on there. We've got uh, a link to some of the research as well as uh, the TED talk, uh, the Michael Bungay Stanier um, TED talk around taming your advice monster. So a whole bunch of stuff. And like Sarah said at the start, um, it's just a little bit of uh, an, an entree into this whole area. Um, there's lots of rabbit holes we could have gone down, but we hope that this has been, uh, and these activities will be some stuff that help you as you progress. And traditionally, I like to end with a Jimi Hendrix quote. Um, this one is uh, apt for giving and receiving feedback. So knowledge speak, speaks, but wisdom listens. So pause and listen when you're in this dialogue. Thanks very much, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening, yeah. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Keegan. That was awesome. Um, we, we do have time and we have had a couple of questions sent through. Um, one of the, the first ones was around uh, whether you have any ideas uh, while we're all remote around soliciting and giving feedback when there's less opportunity for those serendipitous encounters. So um, if I may answer, um, I would just suggest... Um, Starting with some open questions. Um, if you, if sometimes if you think that someone's struggling or you want to give feedback, asking them how they're going might actually be enough for them to say what's not working for them, which might actually be the source of the the issue. Um, I've found that works well in the past. Yeah, um, my experience in doing a lot of work with teams, obviously, have gone fully remote uh, in the last couple of months is to, it, it centers around the relationship as well, right? So have that communication and make it normal for you to be speaking with each other and, and have that. And then um, getting into the point where I think Sarah's point's a really good one around asking questions that help them to um, to bring up what, what they're struggling with or what they want to do and invite have them inviting you. I often talk about permission-based feedback, the opportunity to, to have that. And so remote teaming just ramps up all of those things. And so making sure that um, asking, hey, look, can I share with you what I saw? Can I, can I, do you mind if I tell you something I think might be helpful for you or something along those lines um, and getting that permission and then entering into it rather than just sort of barging into it. Yep. Um, I, I had a, a question around, um, you know, when we work in large organizations um, and, you know, as a, as a design agency, we often work with client organizations where we have very different cultures um, and very different environments. Do you have any advice for handling when, you know, a, a, a strong culture of feedback runs hard into a, a, a culture where feedback is um, treated differently? Mm, that's interesting. Uh, it sounds like there's a, a backstory there, Steve. <laughs> With me, never. <laughs> I I suggest a um, a structured approach. Um, if, for example, you have a strong feedback culture and the organisation doesn't, you could actually say, "We're going to do this thing, and this is how it's going to work, and this is what we need to do together in order to learn together." And it's kind of like it's almost like you facilitate it as a, as a thing rather than informal that's possible um, and then maybe over time it will grow into something different and less formal 
Yeah, I think that's that's pretty good advice. Um, if you have the opportunity to sort of say, look, here's what we here's what we have found is useful. Here's what is often really helpful. Here's the stuff that's going to help us to deliver what you need best. Um, then that's a good way. This, you know, we've all got lots of stuff we're we're bringing in. So um, I'd also sort of encourage you to to the secret to happiness is low expectation. So trying to, <laughs> trying, to shift, trying to shift their view, you know, the, their whole relationship on feedback, you know, within one short engagement may be a, a tough thing. So, you know, but taking it from two to three or two to four might be a bit more reasonable. And so mm. trying to help them with that. And so not ex maybe not expecting them to catch up to where you are because there's all that other stuff that they've got going on. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. Is, is probably pretty important. Fair enough. Thank you both. There's a, a, a couple of other uh, questions and um, sort of threads happening in the Q&A channel. If you want to pop in there and, and sure. take a look. Um, we are at lunch. Um, so thank you both very much for that. That was that was wonderful. And Sarah, thank good luck on Monday. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to see you. Uh, shame I couldn't see everyone, but hi. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye.